Alpha, you know what I need. Teenagers with attitude. That's correct, Alpha. Teenagers with attitude. What's up, bro? Welcome to Teenagers with Attitude, the show where a bunch of grown adults sit around and talk about teenagers in tightly colored clothing fighting monsters. Oh, I'm shit. I'm Zach. What? Is, that's what we're doing? We're not... I, I thought we were playing Persona today. No, this isn't a Persona recording. That's 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 dead and gone. I'm sorry. I apologize. I should have let you know yes. earlier. Uh, Danny Sabaro cannot join us today. Uh However, there is some pizza-related content on this episode, if that, Wait, wor- if what, that helps. What year is this? Uh, it's 2021. Did you oh, just God. sleep for a really long time? Is that what happened? Yeah, no, last I, last I checked, it was 2018. I, this isn't even the same apartment I was in. How did you get there? I don't know. <laughs> I would be concerned about that. Now, hold on. Let's, let's, let's check the fiction here. Is all your stuff also there? Uh, I don't recognize this laptop, but this is definitely my desktop. Okay, well, you, if you did get moved against your will, then someone also gifted you stuff, so let's not worry about it too much. <laughs> it seems like that's yeah, probably no, fine. Yeah, I'm, no, I'm sure it's fine. Okay, good, good, good. Uh, I'm Zach, and joining me this week, as you may have guessed, it's Lexi. Hi, hello. I'm back. She back, and that's it. We had a weird scheduling thing this week, and so it's two people. I don't think we've done one of these in the 250-some... Ep- what episode is this? I don't know. It's a lot. Uh, and it's I don't episode think we've done three, one. Zach. It's episode what? It's episode three, Save oh, Our Ship. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It is episode three of Power Rangers in Space, uh, Save Our Ship. We will be discussing that this week. Um, but I'm excited, and uh, before we get started with all our normal stuff... I thought I would start a new segment called How you doing? <laughs> How's everything going? You good? <laughs> uh, all things considered, I'm all right. That's in good. The, in the grand scheme of the way people could be in early 2021, I'm I'm doing all right. I do feel like it's been a really long time since I answered how are you without like we both understand this is graded on a severe curve right like (laughs) qualifiers here uh relatively speaking (laughs) 
It's it's been quite some time since I was just like, good. And there's no like in in parentheses uh, stuff after that. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, no asterisks next to that, right? Yeah. Well, good. I'm glad to hear that. Uh, I, I, so I'm going to ambush you a little bit here before we start talking about Power Rangers stuff. Ah, oh because, God. Because, well, no, not physically. Like oh, you're over okay. there. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I haven't I haven't seen another human being in person in a while. I don't know that I'm prepared for that. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'll stay over here. But uh, so we've had a little bit of a, a, a blaze ball segment uh, when Fabi is on, which is a thing that I just don't understand at all. But it's kind of fun to to see from the outside. And I don't know if you figured out where I'm going with this yet. Yeah, but ex- no, I. But explain VTubers to me. <laughs> This is this is because I mentioned the uh, burger ASMR thing before the call, right? I mean, I was actually probably going to ask you about it anyway because I I know a bunch of, of our friends have gotten into it, and uh, like I feel like honestly, it's the most not confusing. I I, I get the like basic concept. But it is the most inscrutable thing that has dominated my timeline since Homestuck was still, like, ongoing, where I'm just like, I know that this probably isn't as confusing as it appears from the outside, but what? (laughs) I mean, it's, really, it's not confusing at all. It's, like, you're familiar with video game streamers, right? Like, Yes. I know you've watched video game streams before. Yes. I'm, not, have- I'm actually, that said, I, I, I am not actually that into streaming. I don't know if people yeah. know that, but like I, I do watch game streamers, but it's usually people who I also enjoy like a podcast from or a YouTube show or something like that. I, I don't really, for a while I got into, um, like Kaizo Mario stuff. And I think those guys were mostly just streamers. But other than that, like I don't really follow any, any of that stuff that closely, but I understand the concept. Yeah. Like Kaizo, Kaizo Mario and it's, um, I guess sibling offshoot, uh, Mario maker streamers. Like, yeah, that's, that's good stuff. I can, I can see getting into that even if you aren't normally into streaming. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, it's super valid. If you're not into streaming, it's kind of a, it's, it's a mental commitment to sit down and just watch somebody play a video game for a couple hours, right? Yes. And like especially compared to like the previous era of video game video content which was more curated videos. Yes. Where it was either like a full let's play split up into smaller digestible chunks or even, you know, like edited highlight stuff. And Right. Like I definitely get that being more accessible because of less time investment and less I guess space filling would be the word for it. Um, it definitely seems like it's sort of constructed to be a thing that you also like knit to or something like that. You do yeah. something else. For, yeah. yeah, for me, it's like I always have media stuff on kind of in the background while I'm playing games and stuff. So like video game streams are great for that because you can kind of drift in and out of it as it were. Like you can be listening to them just like talk while playing. And then if something cool's happening or it's like a, an interesting part of the game. You can kind of, you know, put down what you're doing and watch like dedicated for a bit and then go back to what you're doing. Um, But yeah, uh, I think the biggest appeal for streaming just in general is it feels like a slightly more engaged or, you know, connected kind of experience. Cause typically they're, you know, at least 
somewhat talking to chat. That's not always a super uh, practical thing to do while you're actively playing right. a video game. But at the very least, that there's a level of communication present there um, that I think a lot of people enjoy. And for me, at least, it's just the sort of conversational nature of it, of them just kind of talking to an audience while doing a thing that's fun. And- Correct me if I'm wrong, they also, like, co-stream? They do stuff together? Yeah, sometimes. Uh, for VTubers specifically, it's typically called collabing, or, you know, collaborating. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, honestly, VTubers are just video game stream, And not just video game, but, you know, streamers. Right. Uh, the, the conceit is that the actual human being is doing the streaming is... Um, I'd say putting up a facade, but really that's all streamers. Like, yeah, they're even performing people... a character, but a little more explicitly than like your normal streamer, probably. Yeah, yeah. But also at the same time, less so than you'd expect. Like, for the most part, like there's certainly, you know, streamers out there and VTubers out there who are playing a character. But for the most part, at least the the impression that you get is that it's kind of just them just behind a, you know, a alter ego of sorts right it's it's and, yeah I, I feel like you're right that a lot of like youtube shows and stuff like that those people have a lot of them will adopt like their their sort of showbiz version of themselves They're just like a little heightened basically i feel like yeah that, you're that's yeah you're common. like i've followed content that's involved jim sterling for over a decade so like a lot of what he brings to his videos is really just him, but he's absolutely like going into a showman mode when he does right. that stuff. Like he's he's playing up aspects of his personality for entertainment. He's um you know it's a heightened version of himself, right? Yeah. And I'd say even for us podcasting, like we're not really playing characters except on my other podcast where I'm explicitly playing a character. Right. Um like it's just us talking, but like we're definitely on capital O on in a way that we wouldn't be if we were just hanging out and Skype chatting yeah. about stuff. Right. Yeah. I, I feel like we maybe didn't explicitly say, if you don't know what a VTuber is, uh, it is, it's a streamer. Um, but they are, they are sort of playing a character, but also they have a visual, like a, a, a puppeteered, uh, virtual, uh, like an avatar, right? Yeah, if you've if you've seen the uh, the what are they called? Animoji, the yeah. 3D animated uh, cartoon faces that you can do recordings of in iPhone. It's basically a more robust version of that. Usually a full, either like live 2D or, um, particularly for higher uh, higher tiers, not the right word for it. Um, I guess more professional level. Uh, sure. VTubers, like ones that are part of a, a company like Nisa jo- Nisanji? I've never actually said it out loud, but uh, Hololive would probably be the most well-known one. Okay. Um, they frequently will get 3D models made at some point, which is cool because it lets them do actual, like, full-body performances. Like, yeah. Hololive specifically is uh, an idol company, essentially. So, like, they will do full-on musical shows and stuff with the you know virtual 3d models of the characters and like they have a weekly anime that they record using the 3d models i didn't know that that's cool yeah no yeah it's it's actually great it's like they're like rapid fire speed uh one to two minute animated sequences um 
honestly some of the best content they put out and they're all uh subtitled when they're put up so like uh english it's one of the rare bits of uh stuff out of the japanese side of that company that is accessible to english speaking people oh sure um but yeah no i mean yeah vtubing is i've kind of been rambling about it but yeah it's just streamers but they're behind an anime avatar essentially which is cool because it gives people who maybe wouldn't feel comfortable putting their face on camera a way to you know engage with a you know streaming and cultivate an audience and stuff while maintaining a little bit of anonymity and you know safety yeah especially i i would was trying to explain this to another another friend who was asking me about it, given that I don't also don't really know that much about it. But the way I was able to get it across to him, I was like, "Listen, man, these are gamers, and a lot of these are women who are doing the 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 VTubing, and you know how that goes." Yeah, <laughs> so, like I've spent a lot of time talking about this with um, friends who also watch the stuff, but like it's wild how, despite the way. Uh, you know, Hololive in particular has taken off with our particular very queer friend group. Uh, the bulk of the audience, especially for most of the like higher subscriber count uh, streamers, is pretty much normie ass anime boys. And that does not surprise me. And yeah, you, yeah, you and don't you know want what them to know of, your real name and face. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know what kind of person that is. And, um, it's kind of funny because um, there's a lot of queer energy that comes from the actual performers in mm-hmm. this. And like with any, you know, idol type of thing, any type of uh, entertainment owned by a corporation, it's impossible to tell how much is performance versus right. real. But like for some of it you can definitely some of them you can definitely tell and even the ones that aren't like they're clearly there's clearly a lot there that feels very relatable to queer people especially queer women in a way that i think is really fascinating given the um demographics that they're that are primarily right. uh you know buying into this content because there's a lot of it that feels like it feels like what we're taking away from it versus what the rest of the audience takes away from it is very different. It sort of reminds me about how like a lot of, as you said, normie ass anime dudes loved Sailor Moon. And then on the other side, it's like all these queer women are like, love it for a very different reason. Right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) But cool. Well, thanks for explaining. Explain it to me a little bit. I mean, I, I I knew what it was, but it's something I haven't really gotten the chance to to look into that much. And I see y'all posting about it all the time, so I was curious. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a bunch of really funny and fun personalities that clearly like genuinely care about one another. Like, like they get along great, they bounce off each other well, but also like there's a genuine like connection between the the different you know people who are collaborating together and. I mean, it's, yeah, it's basically just a bunch of fun people bouncing off one another and also their cute anime girls. Like, it's a win-win. Perfect. Well, I, I got, I'm going to do me a, what Zach's been up to real yeah, Zach, quick. Hold on, hold on. Hey, Zach. Hold on, okay. Yes. What have you been up to? Oh, I'm so glad you asked. Thank you very much. 
So if you guys have Netflix and you do what I do, which is you just scroll endlessly and can't figure out what to watch, and then you've just wasted time looking for something to watch instead of just watching something. Uh, I do that you with YouTube, but yes. You probably noticed like a couple months ago that Netflix just dropped like a hundred Korean dramas on it <laughs> at the same exact time. And this is for the, the US Netflix. I don't really know about other places. I would assume it's probably on Canada too, but who knows? Um, anyway, they made a deal with this company called Studio Dragon, which is one of the biggest, uh, uh, Korean drama makers. And they just dropped like, I don't know this for sure, but I think everything that they've made for the past four or five years on Netflix at once. Um, and my wife, Adrian, just picked one randomly and started watching it. And now we're like 12 K series in. Um, and like, it's interesting because there's two kind of two really interesting things about it to me. One is that it is sort of similar to, uh, BBC TV in that most shows, though not all of them, are one season uh, stories and they're done and then they go do something else, uh, which is very refreshing uh, to someone who watches a lot of American TV, which they'll just stretch it out as long as they possibly can. Uh, or, or intend to and then get canceled by Netflix after two seasons. Right, exactly. And and so both of those are frustrating. And so it's nice to just be like, this will take me 12 hours and then I'll be finished. Uh, and also, you know, a lot of them are, are, are good, fun series. But the other thing that's really interesting is I don't know shit about Korean culture at all. And like, I, I, I mean that to say, like, I have things I know about, uh, like Japan through osmosis from video games and, and, and anime and stuff like that. That's not to say I understand Japanese culture. I don't. But, like, I can see tropes and be like, I've seen that before and stuff like that, right? Uh, I We jumped full into this, and I don't know anything. And it's really interesting because you'll be watching it and you'll be really engrossed and, and just like, uh, wow, this is a fun story. And then somebody will say something and you have – and it's like a reference to uh, a cultural um, – like either a, a a tradition or something else, and you just have to like completely stop the show and go Google it because <laughs> because they don't they can't like it 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 can't be you'd have to have like a paragraph on screen to explain it. You can't just or translate. It's like explaining it. an idiom, right? Exactly. So you'll just be like, "I'm sorry, the fuck just happened!" Like, <laughs> and you have to stop the whole thing. And then the other thing that's really funny about it is like there are I, I don't really know what the name for this is because I'm not a film student or a, or, or a writer or anything. But like, you know, in, in American TV and movies, there are, are specific shortcuts to explain characters or archetypes. So if you see a guy smoking a cigarettes with a with a, a leather jacket on, like you have things you know about that character already. It's it's a shortcut to explain that there are also ones that I know about that in, in Japanese stuff. I know that, that if you put toast in your mouth, it means you're late for school or work or whatever. Uh, the Korean shows have a bunch of those, but it's just like, why are we seeing this over and over again? And what 
is it supposed to communicate about this character? Like, so for instance, uh, we watched like four shows in a row where there was one character who would just be brushing their teeth like while they were going about their day. And it would be a different character and in, in diff- completely different series. And we were like, what the hell is happening? And we eventually realized that that is like it's character shorthand for this person is very busy. And just like so they they did not have time to brush their teeth in the morning. But like it, it's just this interesting look into like a completely not alien that implies that it's like weird, but just like, it's not something that you are familiar with and they are giving it to you as though you understand it all. And it's just really, it's been fun and interesting to to jump into stuff like that. So question about that specifically, did you look that up or did you eventually piece it together from just the context? I eventually figured it out because, uh, it was a show where the character who was doing it was a police chief and like he would be doing it while giving the morning briefing. <laughs> and I think that finally clicked on like, oh, okay, every time we've seen this, it's like it's like somebody who's like late or 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 rushed or or haggard kind of in some sure. way. And and now I get it. Uh, I don't know how I would have looked it up, to be honest. Like, well, yeah, a that's... Korean <laughs> yeah, that's... toothbrush. It's maybe yeah. too many keywords to get a good search result from. But, yeah, so that's, that's been a lot of fun. That's really interesting. Like, this seems like kind of a non sequitur, but and I can't remember the name of this, and I feel bad about that, but I played a demo for a game a while back where you're a linguist exploring a... God, I don't remember if it was specifically an alien planet or just like a region of the planet you were on that was unexplored for a while. But basically it was full of a bunch of like ruins from some ancient lost civilization. And you were getting all of these like you're going around and you were finding buildings with inscriptions on them or bold books and stuff that had what seemed like relevant text, but you didn't have a translation guide for it. So you'd have sometimes snippets of words, sometimes entire phrases you didn't understand. And as you were going and collecting those things, eventually you'd like find the same sets of symbols in different spots and be like, oh, okay, this is clearly a phrase of some sort. And then slowly use context clues of like what you found, where you found it, any like if there are any images nearby that were associated with it and just, you know, repetition to sort of try and guess at what those different symbols or phrases signified. And you were kind of building a translation to this lost language as you went. That's cool. Yeah, it was a really fascinating game. And I again, I wish I remember what it was because I definitely want to check out more of it. But this is what it kind of gives me the same vibes of, of just watching something you have no cultural basis for and just over time kind of trying to figure out the shared cultural language for this culture that you haven't experienced before. Right. Yeah. It's just really interesting to try and to try and understand that stuff as it comes at you. And and like, I'll, I'll, I'll give a quick example because I thought of one. So there's a character who gets gets hurt. And two other characters are talking about them and, and one of them says, no, it's okay. I know she's not going to die. She grabbed thread and we're all just like, I'm sorry, what? (laughs) And apparently there is a tradition where you put a bunch of objects in front of a baby uh, and they grab at them and that's supposed to determine what kind of person they get. They're going to be. So if they grab like a pencil, they're going to be smart. If they grab, you know, a, a, 
a ball. They're going to be into sports and thread, I guess, indicates long life. But they don't explain any of that. They just say okay. that and then move on. And you're just like, sorry, hold on. We have to go figure out what just happened. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's been fun. And now that we have caught up with our current interests, let's talk about our old interests, Power Rangers. Uh, that was not a great segue, but we're going to go for it. I have some you quick know, it news. Been, it would have been fine if you would have just you know, gone forward and not I can't done a do selfie, that. Val. I have to criticize myself. Uh, I'm going to do some quick news. I'm not calling it the thing Mike wants me to call it because he's not here. Also, because uh, I don't think you could if you tried. Nope, I would need him to tell it to me. I don't remember it. <laughs> Um, so Power Rangers, uh, most of it is leaving Netflix in, uh, on February 1st, so it'll be gone by the time you hear this, uh, and that's a bummer. I I was gonna say, what is it going to Disney's Plus, but they don't own it anymore. Where is it going? (laughs) So, from what I understand, uh, some of Hasbro's properties are on Tubi TV, uh, which is a streaming service I don't know anything about because there's too many and I just don't have the space in my brain to retain streaming service that's, information. That's normal. You, I'd um, be worried about you if you did. <laughs> but uh, some of it's over there. The rumor is essentially that they they haven't... It's possible they might renegotiate these contracts. Um, but as of right now, uh, all of Power Rangers, Beetleborgs, and VR Troopers with... With uh, the following exceptions, uh, all of Mighty Morphin, Ninja Steel, and Beast Morphers will stay on Netflix for now. <laughs> um, but what the a rest... weird so What a weird combination. <laughs> well, it's the ones people are crazy about, and then the last two. So I, I, it sort of makes sense. But, but yeah, it's it's weird. Um, but basically, Netflix has not given any reason or, or really even they didn't even announce it. It got out as a rumor. And then uh, someone reached out to Netflix's like help Twitter and they confirmed, yes, they're leaving uh, on fe- in February um, because they're licensed. The shows uh, will be expiring. So, yeah, it's it's going to go. uh a listener, um, Adam, uh, on Gmail shot me, uh, a, 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 an email to let me know, um, Adam, that, Adam Park. Nope. Not Adam Park. That would oh. be cool. But Adam, uh, on Gmail, uh, sent me an email saying that, uh, the seasons are available on Amazon, uh, prime video for 13 bucks each. Uh, so you can go check that out if you're, if you want to watch along with us and, and please don't spend $13 a season on Power Rangers. You've got that money could go to so many better things. You know, there's lots of ways to watch things on the internet. Um, I went ahead and bought it because I need subtitles to do this show, but you know, I get it. Uh, if, that's, if you have $13 per season to spend on Power Rangers, I'd suggest you go over to audioentropy.com and click on that donate <laughs> button. Yes. Yeah. Give us your money. I got I just got to watch the show though. But yeah, I mean, it's, I only mentioned that because a lot of the DVDs are out of print and I don't, I really don't want you to pay a hundred dollars on eBay for the DVDs. Don't do that. Absolutely don't do that. Even if you have (laughs) the money, don't do that. So, so yeah, if you do want to continue watching along with us, uh, that's one way to do it. 
Um, we're not going to be stopping. Adam was worried we would stop. No, no, no. Don't worry about that. We got no, no. it. Zach, Zach signed in blood. Nothing can stop this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they they could. Uh, I could be in an I have no mouth, but I'm a scream situation. I'd still have to do the podcast. You just yeah, wouldn't I have be no, able to hear it. I have it. no mouth and I must podcast. <laughs> exactly. So that's the news. It's unfortunate. But that said, there is no real... Um, I don't think we've heard the final word on this. I would imagine it's either going to go to Tubi. Like, listen, Hasbro is not going to just not make streaming money off of it. It'll go somewhere. We just don't I, know I mean, yet. yeah, like things have been leaving Netflix only to reappear on Netflix. All that really means is the contract is up. Like, Right. Yeah. So I wouldn't freak out about it too much. Now, that said, uh, today we are going to be talking about Power Rangers in Space Season 1, Episode 3, Save Our Ship. And we start uh, on the ship, uh, the Astro Mega Ship, and boy, howdy, uh, here's one of the things that's always fun when the Power Rangers show is vastly different from the uh, Sentai, which is just, if you thought it was obvious when they switched to Sentai footage before, it's even more so this season, <laughs> because... For one thing, the 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 baddies, the Quantrons, are American originals. Uh, these purple guys that we watch here are the the Mooks in um in a uh, uh, Mega Ranger. Yeah. Um, so I remember in episode one, somebody asked, you know, why they create wholly new Mooks, and the answer for that is because most of the uh, fights in the Sentai, I'm assuming, happen in this weird cyberspace. Yeah, that's a good that, yes. Yeah, it just isn't happening in the show. Yeah, so 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 that's the thing, right? We talked about it a little bit, but Mega Ranger is a like a device and video game theme Sentai, and we open on them essentially in their version of the Danger Room. You've got a holographic, uh, uh, you know, simulation. Uh, yeah, it's a holodeck. It's a holodeck. Yeah, and it's got green. So here's what's funny. Uh, I think it's Carlos says like, oh, it can recreate any any area. And <laughs> yeah, it can. But also it has green wireframe all over it. So it's really obvious that it's fake. It's which like is it's funny. like if you're in if you go into like a VR space for like a VR game and instead of actually loading some sort of a background texture, you're just in a three dimensional rendering of the like. Uh, transparency alpha channel yes. thing from images. <laughs> yeah, it's very funny. Um, but yeah, you've so you've got these purple looking guys and and a little uh, like a stingray monster. I love this little stingray monster. I'm so disappointed that he's only in this like virtual space. He's real fun looking. He's just you know he looks like a stingray with feet sticking out and he can't walk very well because he's got a big stingray attached to his body. <laughs> There is there is a like tertiary Beast Wars character who is a stingray. He's called Depth Charge, and yeah, um, when McDonald's did their like shitty mini Transformers Happy Meals, I got him in one of those one time, and the entirety of his transformation is you fold down the manta ray head like it's a hood, and just underneath it is a actual face and he's just got arms and legs sticking out and that's exactly what this guy reminds me of it's just too much there's just too much stuff where's it gonna go like you can't transform that it, it doesn't work 
But yeah, so they they fight for a little bit. There's a really funny part where uh, uh, Ashley and TJ are beating up uh, a monster and they're like juggling him video game style. And on the screen comes mega blue and mega yellow, which is like text that says mega blue and mega yellow, which is what they're called in the Mega Ranger. But they kept it on there and it... In in context, it's like a combo rating from a fighting game where like it yells awesome or whatever when you get enough hits. It's very funny. I want to know, is that diegetic? Like, did they actually see that just popping up? Oh, that was my assumption. I thought it was there because it's part of their simulation. So I thought that, <laughs> that was so my It's so funny guess. because the, the text is... um. The text is positioned for, you know, a viewer, but like presumably right. it's for them. So yeah. <laughs> it doesn't it's make v- any sense. It's very funny. I like it. Uh, everybody is very inc- impressed with the Simu deck. Um, and Ashley is like, cool. It's a good way to stay sharp. Uh, Alpha calls everybody up uh, to the deck because, oh boy, we're, we're back home at Earth. And everyone except Andros does a little celebration. Uh, and everyone but Andros and Ashley run off, uh, and Ashley's like, have you ever been to Earth before? And, and Andros says no. And, you know, I, I mentioned it, I think in the first episode, but like the writers made the decision to make Ashley and Andros, uh, a thing really early. And that's probably good because, you know, there was that thing with Tommy where, like, he, he was just attracted to whoever the Pink Ranger was, which was obviously weird. Um, so I appreciate that they they made a call early. But the effect is that Ashley's just super horny for Andros. She is so horny this episode. It's wild. <laughs> it's just very funny for a kid's show. Because, like... She just literally every time he's not with other people, she's like, so let me ask you some personal questions. And listen, (laughs) like, we're not talking like the kid show equivalent of horny. Like, the tone of her voice, her just like her body language is, I want to fuck you. (laughs) Well, literally. So literally, she's like, have you been to Earth before? He's like, no. And she's like, you're going to love it. Trust me. And then loops her arm through his and like hugs it tight. And I'm like, you've known this guy for three hours. Like, it's, it's so funny because she's basically like just biting her lip at him and he just looks confused and slightly nervous. Like, is this normal human, earth human behavior? Like, what we're the- going to talk about the human thing in a minute. But yes, he doesn't seem to quite know what to do. Uh, we cut to Bulk and Skull for the first time this season. God, it's so good to see them. I missed them so much. And it's weird. It's They weren't gone before. Like, they were in all through, all the way through Turbo. I mean, I know you were gone, Lexi, but they were not. They, and, uh, uh, they were not g- there all the way through Turbo. You're there right. Were some, they were there, there were some chimpanzees with some yes. really shitty ADR for a while okay, in Turbo. And fair. then Bulk and Skull showed up. Fair point. But when Bulk and Skull were in it in the latter half of Turbo, they were, they, they had like, their bit was they had a new job, uh, every, every episode and they would come in and do some prop comedy with whatever their job was and then they would go. Um, and something about even honestly, the fact that they were dressed for that job every episode made them not feel very Bulk and Scully to me. 
And they are now dressed in punk clothes again, but they're not, it's not like they went back to their original outfits. They're a little older. They look a little older. They're, the, the clothes they're wearing are, you know, more black and blue and less like tie dye. They're a little like, more muted. Yeah, like Skull is straight up wearing a what looks like a suit jacket over. Oh, what's yeah. I can't even tell what he's got under it, but like he's got a skull bandana with that. So like it's this weird mix of like formal wear and extremely informal clothing. There that are, is there still are, very, yeah. it's still very punk, but it's a very different tone of punk to their like teenage troublemaker looks before. And even something about like the fact that they're just having a conversation that's not about whatever the I mean they're talking about what they're doing but I don't know the, it it they feel much more relaxed and uh much more like their characters and it's it's just very nice to see them. <laughs> um they are looking through a uh telescope. Uh Skull says he thinks he has discovered a new black hole. Uh, he, in fact, has the telescope the wrong way. Bulk and, and the lens cap on. And the lens cap on. Bulk flips it around and says, the space between your ears is a black hole. Good burn. Excellent work. Uh, and then um, the sort of objective is is they they're... It's starting out as another get-rich-quick scheme, which is they're trying to discover a new comet. Uh, to become rich and famous. I don't really think that's what happens, but whatever. It's Bulk I mean, and Skull. Yeah, no, it's it's not. But like this is, they're operating on the same logic level as Bart Simpson, who, right. you know, one thought he was going to get rich and famous for discovering a comet. Uh, so speaking of their, of, of <laughs> Bart Simpson and Luck, uh, Bulk looks through a uh, the telescope and immediately discovers a UFO. Uh <laughs> Yeah, just like actually, it's, it's straight up just astronomer's ship. Yeah, he and they pass out, uh, and then we cut to the theme song. Um, and when we come back from that, uh, we've got so the sh- the mega ship stays in orbit. They can't, they can't or don't land it. I don't know which. Oh, they, I mean, they absolutely can. We'll see in a little bit that there is a way they can land it. Oh yes, okay, you're right. That's a good point. Uh, but but I guess normally they just detach the Nasada well, shuttle. I mean, the realistic answer. Well, realistic answer. It's fucking. There's no logic to it. But like, in theory, like you wouldn't want to send the entire ship down there because it takes so much energy to get objects off right. Earth. Yeah, that makes like, sense. Like that's the whole reason why you have a shuttle, right? Yeah. So they send uh, the shuttle down. Astronema is watching them and uh, basically says that they've made a mistake and not taken their ship with them. She uh, doesn't. She, there are a couple of uh, a couple of mooks in the back, but like she doesn't have any minions with her. She's not talking to someone. She's just monologuing to herself about this. And and Lexi, hold on to that because unfortunately, here comes Astronema's minion for the series. It's your favorite. Yep. <laughs> did you re- so? Did you remember that Elgar is in this show? Oh God, no. Okay. <laughs> it's- Reason like ninety three why Astronema is great is she is just as pissed off and immediately fed up with him as I am. So so Elgar. Is going to be her uh, her sort of second in command, at least for a little bit. I don't remember if he stays uh, for a long time, but it's 
it so I like Elgar. I know you you hate him. That's fine. I understand why. I don't think he's a great fit for astronomer. Um, so that's uh, it's a little bit of a bummer in terms of the show. Uh, I'll she say this. I like that the Quantrons themselves have no respect for him. Yeah, they also don't like him, like, which is good. He walks up doing shtick, and one of the Quantrons is walking past, looks at him, and just does the like crazy finger, yes, like, finger By his head. around yeah, the, yeah, the, right, the spiral, head thing. Which, yeah. Wild that robots from outer space know that particular uh, <laughs> yeah. American. Uh, gesture, but... The person who does this, by the way, the Quantron that does this, uh, is doing it in response to Elgar asking for a turkey on rye with peanut butter. So I like to imagine that the Quantron is not saying this This guy is just a nut job. He's just critiquing the sandwich choice. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I will not make you that. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. Um, but yeah, then Astronomer's like, hey, throw this fucking dipshit off my ship. And the Quantron's like, oh, absolutely love to yeah yeah they're like yes uh for sure elgar shouts that dark specter says that uh she would need him um she says oh really and stops now here is i don't okay i actually don't remember i sort of feel like he may be lying uh because he just wants to be there and like likes to get into shit i could but absolutely believe that i could also believe that he was told to lie so here's my other thing i was thinking about it and from dark specter's perspective um it makes sense elgar is the person who literally planted the bombs that destroyed the command center from dark specter's perspective this is one of his best men (laughs) you know what's sad he might be one of Dark Spectre's best men. Think yeah, about think I, about what we know of Dark Spectre's other men. Like Zed was a huge player, and then he got beat up by teenagers a few times and became a complete wash-up nut job. That's the thing about that's so interesting to me, and I'm sure infuriating to people who hate uh, Diva Talks is that she did it. Like, that's the thing about Diva Talks, is she destroyed the Power Rangers. Uh, they had backup powers, so, you know, it didn't last. I mean, but yeah, by that by that metric, she's just as successful as Rita, because Rita also destroyed the Power Rangers, who then had backup powers. Oh, I guess that's true. I forgot she blew up the coins. Fair point. Fair enough. Uh, but in like, any case... She blew up their power sets more than once, because she destroyed their original Zord. Well, actually, Zed destroyed their original Zords. Yes. Yeah, that's but, right. Yeah, Fair you enough. know, you know, between Rita and Zed, like they defeated the Power Rangers a bunch of times. It's just they always had backups. They always had more shit. Fair point. Um, what I like about this is, and if I recall the ser- my like if my childhood memories of the show are correct, this is kind of a running character trait for Astronema. Just mentioning Dark Spectre immediately gets her like on your side, kind of. Like Yeah. She's very she's very focused, very unwilling to trust people unless they mention Dark Spectre at which point all of a sudden, oh. Oh, the the boss you say. Well, that which changes is everything. Very funny because <laughs> wouldn't trust the <laughs> until they said <laughs> and and spoilers for the rest of in space. Uh <laughs> is and uh <laughs> are 
yeah. I guess they have that in common. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying not to say I'm trying not to say too much about because I don't want to spoil this for people who haven't seen this before. Uh, particularly Mike, who doesn't know a lot about and would oh. probably really enjoy the uh, Eric, the, where the char- what I said. <laughs> yeah, where the character goes. Um, yeah, fair enough. But um, yeah, no, but- just knowing what I know about Astronomer's character, it's a very interesting and possibly deliberate choice. Yeah. So we cut to our new hangout for the uh, for the season, which is... Hang on, hang on. I just want to say that this this last little bit of the scene where after Algar's like, yeah, no, Dark Spectre, totally. She just does this scowl. It's so good. Yes. Can I say really quickly, good eye makeup on uh, Astronema always, basically. Yep. And also, something I don't think we mentioned before, Astronema has multiple wigs. She usually wears a purple one, but she has other ones, and she'll just switch them out, which, like... Yeah, between is, scenes, even. Like, she wears other yeah. hairstyles in this episode. Which I think is worth mentioning, because I feel like often the human villains have the one Doug Funny look and don't change it ever. Um, not that they look like Doug Funny, but anyway, uh, so... God, could you imagine Doug Funny as as a Power Rangers villain? Not really. He's so milquetoast, like, it's... (laughs) Uh, but in any case, uh, we got our surf spot, uh, the Lieutenant Stone is gone, uh, and so we have gotten rid of the, uh, Jim and Juice Bar, that said, this is, this is the clearly the set redecorated with like surf stuff. Essentially, uh, you got Hawaiian shirts and flip flops and stuff all over the walls. I have to assume that um, fuck, I can't remember what her name is in the show. She's just Laverne from Scrubs. Um, yes, the, I, no, like actually, it's the actress Laverne from Scrubs. Yeah, uh, Adele uh, is her name. Yeah, in the show. I like to think that Adele bought this from. Uh, whatever all his titles are stone and just like renamed it. And the Rangers are like, Oh, new place. Yeah. Because they lack yep, object yep. permanence. Right. Exactly. So they, they, uh, they get excited and kind of go hang out. Andros is sort of looking around, uh, as mentioned, he's never been to earth before. He looks at the pool table, looks at all the people. Uh, he walks up, uh, and pokes a surfboard hang on the wall. Uh, it falls off. And Adele runs out from uh, the corner and catches it. Uh, there is a pretty good comedy bit where she's like, oh, man, it's, it was just trying to get away. And and Andros is like, what is it? And she goes, a surfboard. What planet are you from? He goes, KO35. That is the planet I am yeah, from. Yeah, he's like, have you, oh, have you heard of it? Like, he's <laughs> so thrilled for the possibility of, like, finally having some point of connection with somebody here. Yeah, it's very funny. And then she calls him a smart aleck and he says, no, my name is Andros, which is a good bit yeah, that I enjoy. Yeah, this is some this is some trite, like, alien doesn't understand Earth comedy, but it works. But the thing is, Andros is so stiff, like, even later. Uh, and, and honestly, I'm going to give some credit to the actor, which uh, we need to do our actor spotlight, but I didn't want to do it while there was just two of us. Um, he... It feels more on purpose than, like, Tommy or Jason. He feels like he is on purpose being a little out of place and uncomfortable. Yeah, um, it makes sense for him, right? Yeah. So so I think that's, that's nice. Um, and also, he wears a, like, gently bewildered expression through this whole thing that really kind of makes it work in a way that, like, 
it's hard to describe the difference between that and the way like Tommy just never seemed like he really knew what was happening. Yeah, but, or Jason, who has like a just kind of a half smirk always. Yeah, it's, no, yeah, yeah, like this is a this feels like a a genuine actor choice. I think is what the yeah. real difference is. Um, so he he walks over and sits down with uh, the rest of the Rangers. Balkan Scholar there too at another table, uh, and he uh, Andros sort of starts watching Balkan Skull. Uh, having, you know, one of their sort of standard interactions. Um, Buck is literally cradling a, a plate of fries to him. He is essentially being like, no, these are my French fries. You forgot your wallet. Fuck off. Uh, which is very funny to me, given our headcanon that they are life partners. Uh, apparently, they do not share bank accounts. Uh, uh, just, yeah, he's no, like, Buck nope. is... Bulk is straight up lording the fact that he has fries over Skull, and like Skull is straight up pouting and begging for some. It's very funny. Yeah, he's um, making a he's making a whole show of it. Andros is just watching this whole thing. Like, what is this guy's problem? Yeah, he he he. So he clocks these guys, which is interesting because they. It's not like the Rangers are like, here are our friends, Bulk and Skull. He's just watching them, uh, and and Bulk being a jerk. Adele walks over and gives them all some free fries uh, and says, I know you didn't order them, but they're delicious. You will love them. And they're like, man, these are good French fries. And not, and I guess that's to establish that, yes, this place is fine. Please, children, ignore the fact that it's different. <laughs> Don't yeah, worry also, about it. Also, it's for, for Adele to introduce herself as Adele, as seen yeah. on her name tag, which says Adele. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there you go. Uh, so... We uh, Andrews continues to watch Balkan Skull. Uh, Balk is like, "This is your water. You can have that," and and pushes it over to to Skull. And Skull does like a puppy dog face, which is very cute. Um, and then Andros. Okay, so Andros is human. He has said he is human in the first episode. He made the the pretty baffling claim of <laughs> humans live lots of places uh which we sort of just brushed past but whatever listen um, it's very important for the future of the series that you accept that humans live lots of places like uh, you know there's lots of science fiction where humans have been like seeded by another race or 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 something like that it's not like that's never been a thing before but the way andrew says it is it, it sort of more implies that, like, you know how two countries will develop the same uh, invention at the same time without yep. talking? Yep. Like, it yeah, seems humans, more... <laughs> it's... Okay, so I think the I think the correct uh, comparison to make here is uh, spontaneous carcinogenation... Wow, I cannot say this. You can do this. You can do this. Spontaneous carcinogenization. Okay. I may have still mangled that, but if you're not familiar with what it is, it is a sort of biological theorem that nature, when left to its own devices, will create crabs. And this is because uh, animals have spontaneously evolved from completely different, like, roots, creatures that are basically like crabs, like, multiple times. It keeps happening. There are so many different crab-like species that are completely unrelated to one another. It's just biologically there's something about the general like 
shape and design of a crab that is very favorable to a certain type of invertebrate. Here's what I didn't expect to do about two minutes ago. I'm going to defend this because here's the thing. Science fiction often is just like, yeah, all aliens are basically humanoid, but different colors. If you're going to do that, fuck it. Just everything's everything's humans. Why yeah. not? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I don't have a problem with this. Honestly, I think it's kind of funny. Um, yeah, it's really funny. Um, but that said, the reason I bring this all up is because Antros has telekinesis. <laughs> I mean, humans can use the Force, Zach. If there's anything we've seen from the historical records, Star Wars, it's that uh, humans yeah. can, if they have, if they have the right amount of midichlorians in their bloodstream, can uh-huh. manipulate objects through a shared energy field throughout uh, the universe. I'll s- I will just skip and say something that happens at the end of the episode. Also, he clarifies that anyone can do this. Yeah, it's no, not, it's just something you can be taught. It's a, it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a skill. It's like, it's like basketball. Nobody's born able to dunk, but you can learn. I love one of the things I really like in fiction uh, is when you have a world, like you start a world, and it's like this is basically normal earth right and then you slowly introduce like uh uh oh oh weird i guess on the moon in this uh universe there's there's air and then like oh, okay i guess there's aliens uh and then you're like oh okay i guess also all humans have the capacity to perform telekinesis <laughs> like i like that the longer the show goes the further away it gets <laughs> and it's just very interesting to me um, anyway, we've been dancing around this for like five minutes now. Andros uses the force to dump hot sauce in Bulk's milkshake. Now, uh, we don't have to uh, talk about it too much, but uh, Andros, who's supposed to be pretty even keel, I think, uh, watches one interaction between two friends and is like, I'm going to possibly poison this man. <laughs> Like, I don't know what this stuff does, but I'm just going to dump it in his milkshake. Listen, <laughs> we've we've observed time and time again that there is something about Bulk and Skull. It might be a latent aspect of clown magic. Who can say? But there's something about them that just makes everyone around them want to bully them at all times. It's, it's true. Ashley sort of sees this, but isn't quite sure she saw what she saw. I mean, it's uh, one of those things where she definitely saw what she what she saw but despite everything they've been through it's still a little hard for her to believe i think yeah i think she wants to remain in denial that it was what it was yeah um Um, and then i like this because they they do a fake out where bulk picks up the milkshake and is going to drink it and then notices something in the paper and sets it down to excitedly exclaim Yes. And then they circle back around and subvert their subversion by then having him immediately drink from it. Yes. And then he uh, runs over to the rangers and chugs their entire pitcher of water. Uh, and also, uh, really quickly, I I have missed when they just have Bulk and Skull, speaking of clown magic, have straight up cartoon physics. Because he blow after he drinks water, he blows steam out of his mouth, yep. which is not how anything works. But fine, yes, yeah, perfect. This is some, Thank this you. This is some classic Mighty Morphin Bulk and Skull bullshit. Yeah, I love it. It makes me very happy. Uh, while this is all happening, they are also discussing Professor Phenomenus, who is an expert in aliens that they saw in the newspaper. Uh, they want to go talk to him about the spaceship they saw. 
uh, which Skull, which Skull, yeah, Gar- Skull describes in great detail. <laughs> yes, which is enough detail for the Rangers to realize that that is astronomer's ship, uh, wh- whose name escapes me, but they do give it a name: Dark Dark Fortress, something yeah, like that. Yeah, I believe that's it. Um, and uh, they're like, okay, let's go check out Professor Phenomenus, uh, and they leave. Uh, the Rangers discuss, yeah, the ship, okay. Um, and basically, Andros at that point kind of freaks out a little bit and is like, all right, I know you guys want to show me around, but like, we got to get our stuff and go. Cause, uh, I don't think we mentioned this. They're, they're at Earth to get supplies, uh, for their trip to find Zordon. Um, on the way out, Ashley confronts Andros and is like, did you do that with the milkshake? And he's like, what's a milkshake? Which is, <laughs> Is either him being cheeky or honest, and I like either, honestly. I think it's both. Like, I think he genuinely doesn't know what a milkshake is, but he's not so dumb that he doesn't know what she means. So he's just using that as an excuse, as a dodge. Yes, context clues. Uh, Bulk and Skull find uh, Phenomenus's... mailbox which is in the middle of nowhere in like a dirt field i just realized that skull is kind of just a like young 90s charlie kelly yeah you're not wrong because he's doing the thing where he's like trying to sound out the words on the professor's (laughs) mailbox and he's not getting it at all right like he's illiterate no it's great i love skull so much it's so nice to see them like back to I don't know, kind of themselves. Uh, so they're like, well, this can't be the right place. This makes no sense. Uh, the mailbox, which has a bunch of tech shit all over it, uh, starts talking to them. Yeah, they're like, asks, yeah, this this is this clearly isn't his his place. We're going to have to keep looking for him. And then it's like, answers them. It's like, looking for who? Yeah, and they answer they are looking for Professor Phenomenus. Uh and say essentially we're we've we've seen aliens. Um, oh, first they think yeah. he lives in the mailbox because yeah. they're yeah, idiots. He's, he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm right here. I don't remember exactly what he says, but Buck's like, wait, I think he's in the mailbox. And they open the <laughs> mailbox and look in to try and talk to him. Yeah, it's very funny. Uh, they say he's they've seen aliens. And then Professor Phenomenus in his little like a it's like a food cart truck. Uh, but with science stuff all over it, pulls up. Uh, yeah, he was he was just making meth with uh, a, f- a former high school student of his. <laughs> yes, man, you're not wrong. Uh, and he pulls up, and he, I mean, they dress this guy like your dollar store mad scientist. He's got a weird contraption on his head, bow tie, lab coat. Yellow uh, lab coat over a red shirt and what looks like plaid pants. Yes, it's wild. Like, uh, this man just is a clown. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's... Yeah, so that maybe that's why he takes a liking to Balkan Skull immediately. His, uh, his weird, like, head contraption has this wire hanging off it, and as he, he walks up, puts his hands around Balkan Skull to, like, talk to them, and the, the wire is just hanging there, so, like... Bulk grabs it, or really his actor grabs it, and is just kind of idly playing with it as they're talking. Yeah, yeah. it's. I I'm so glad that this guy is giving them like props to mess with because it's, they're yes, naturals it's very, with it. It's very cute, and essentially he he 
bonds with them by saying like, oh, and they probably called you crazy, et cetera, et cetera. Um, like, he wraps his hands around the the cable and like pulls it taut for emphasis. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and he he makes them his assistants and gives them lab coats and says, we've got a lot of work he to do. He so happened to have two lab coats hanging there waiting for them. Yep. And uh, they're going to try to prove that there's aliens. Now, d- here's a lore question, Lexi. Did people know, not know that Rita was an alien? Because everyone knew Rita Repulsa existed. But... I don't know if we've ever... Like, I think we... I think it was very clear that she came from the moon. Yes. I believe that was established. Um, uh-huh. But there has always been this weird phenomenon where putties would attack or monsters would attack and people would kind of react with bewilderment. Like, obviously you're afraid because you know they can, like, hurt you. But it's not just that. It's people who have, like, Bulk and Skull in particular, who have been through so much of this shit, would see a putty in season three of Mighty Morphin Power and just be like, holy shit, what is that? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, There's something about these monsters that people just don't seem to be able to internalize. Yeah. So maybe people did know, but forgot. Also, I do have to correct you. His name is Phenomenus, not Phenomenon. Uh, moving on. Uh, the, <laughs> the, uh, uh, we cut over to the Rangers and, um, they're getting ready to leave. They, they caught, they just have a big box that says electronics on it, which is their supplies, <laughs> I guess. It's just oh, yeah. No, funny. exactly. Exactly. Electron labs in college. Yeah. <laughs> Um, they think they're being followed by somebody. Uh, well, specifically, Andros thinks they're being followed by somebody. Yes. And then it turns out that, yes, in fact, there's a bunch of Quantrons, uh, and they all start fighting. Um, and there's a pretty good unsuited fight here. I, I, I like it. It's nice. There's, a, there's um, an element of this I like where we mostly see Andros fighting them solo, but we mostly see the Rangers fighting them together. Together, like, yeah. Like, there's a lot yeah. of, like, two-on-one fight uh scenes with the rangers and uh it's kind of nice both in showing like that the rangers work as a team and are used to working as a team whereas andros definitely doesn't and also that andros is a current and active power ranger in a way the others aren't anymore yes and it's just more up to snuff here's something that's that's a good question i know and and you know it's speculation slash trying to remember I know that there is another ranger, another space ranger from Andrus's previous team that we're going to meet. Yep. Um, but did he have a full team? Because he sort of acts like he has always operated by himself. It's an interesting... I don't remember. I want to say yes, he did. And the, yeah. way, the way I'm currently reading it, or the you know, kind of where my head immediately goes with the character as presented is... It really, I really get the impression of like used to lead a team. Some shit went down. Uh, the team is disbanded. Uh, probably not for you know, not just parting ways. Kind of disbanded, right. and he's kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't want to get wrapped up in that again. Other people are just not worth it. Sure, sh- sure, some some Wolverine stuff. Yeah, just you know, the I, I've been through some shit. I'm better off alone now. I've lost. I don't want to lose again. Alpha contacts them to let them know that uh, the uh, Quantrons are going after the shuttle. 
uh, and they decide to morph. Now, you said to me previously you wanted to talk about the morphing sequence. Yeah, apologize to people who, uh, like, the the epi- previous episode recorded has not come out yet, so we have not had a chance to listen to it. Yeah, neither we, of us, neither were, of us on were on it. it. So if this is retreading ground, I apologize. But, um, so the morphing sequence for this is this whole digital interface thing where, like, it specifically says digital suits, which, you know, I'm pretty sure this came from the Sentai. Right, uh, yes. So, like, there's all this, like, stats and shit on there. But what I wanted to call attention to is there's a bunch of text behind the suits. Uh-huh. Where mo- and I just want to read this to you. Tighten up, reality gangster. Stigma through idiot hearing. Keep frustration clear. Patience open ahead. Getting away with it lead. Some distant memory drove. Get the message. In disciple all remains. Wish double editorials convert. I, I'm assuming converts or conversion. It's cut off. And then there's more behind the morphing complete thing. Tighten up reality gangsters sounds like a line from a 90s rap. It isn't. But yes, <laughs> it's very Meanwhile, funny. stigma through idiot hearing sounds like something from Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, it's it's interesting because uh, the other the other one I know of that's kind of famous for this is uh, the English text in like textbooks and Amy uh, and um, sorry Sailor Mercury's uh, like visor from Sailor Moon. Um, Specifically, at some point, she scans a monster and it prints out uh, the three laws that uh, RoboCop has to follow in English, <laughs> uh, which is hysterical. But this is nothing. I don't I don't think this is anything. No, no, no. I'm pretty sure what this is, is like it has enough sense as individual phrases to that. It can't just be the thing they some that they sometimes do, which is just take okay. some English words and throw them together. Yeah, I think you're right. What this is, I'm pretty sure, is they wrote something in Japanese and then yeah. ran it through a like a, a translation of some sort into a English. translation. Yep, yeah, just to I would assume just to make it seem, you know, cool and internet-y. Well, the same way that fucking people over here just put kanji on things. Yeah, right, they yeah, just and usually and cool. usually fake kanji, like yeah. It's a, it's it's adopting it's adopting a foreign language's aesthetic, which yeah, it's it's a special. I know English in particular is popular for that. In honestly, in Japan, China, kind of all that part of the country, like you can see a lot of fashion there that just takes English words and prints it on shirts in really yeah. fun ways. Like that's that can be some really fun fashion to to scroll through because. Yeah, you get the feeling that somebody somewhere along the way knew what they were putting on because it's stuff that you couldn't put on shirts in the U.S. Yes, absolutely. One of the things I really like about this is it shows your uh, you their special weapon, uh, which is nice because I feel like in the last couple series is they really didn't tell you or show you the individual weapons very much. Um, also, you get stats, you get attack, defense, and SP, which I assume is special. Uh, and, uh, you know, you can find out that, like, for instance, Carlos has the highest attack stat. I don't know why, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, no, this is, this is something that everything needs to do. Like, there's, and this is because I was a kid in the 90s, I'm sure, but there's nothing I love more than getting a card of someone with a bunch of 
fake numbers that don't actually mean anything on them. The, literally, the way I got into comics was there were those Marvel ones that had like uh, ratings for all the heroes, like intelligence and power and I stuff like that. I collected baseball cards as a kid. Never once watched baseball, but they had the all the all the stats on the back. So it was a picture of a cool sports guy, and then a bunch of numbers on the back that I could compare to other cards. Numbers I love are that fun. Shit. This guy's got higher numbers than that guy. He fucking rules. Yeah, but <laughs> but but this other guy has higher numbers than this one stat. So maybe he's like a specialist or something. Yeah, exactly. So and the baseball so yeah, ones are fun because they're all abbreviated and you have no idea what it stands for. So you can just make shit up. <laughs> this guy's got the most ribbies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, this is an interesting morphing sequence because they don't you don't actually see them morph. It's just hey, here they are in the suit. Yeah, that's true. There's no uh, like helmet forming over the face or anything like that. Um, it's, it's more of a stat screen. Like if this was a, a gotcha, this would be after you draw them and like you're getting the summary of everything you've drawn. And it's like, yeah, here are the stats of this guy you pulled. I think the first really weird morphing sequence is, uh, um, oh man, what's the season called? Uh, Lightspeed. Rescue, like speed rescue where they like go through a membrane okay, that yep, like yep, covers yep. them I've yeah seen, i've seen that sequence i haven't seen that show but i've seen that morphing sequence yeah it, it it definitely starts out really simple and gets more and more elaborate this one is uh like you said there you don't see them morph but it is a little bit more elaborate than the previous ones normally i like um, to see a morph but after the horror show that was the first turbo morphing sequence i think i'm fine with this you know, I know you dropped off and that's fine, but they did eventually realize how fucked up Justin's thing was <laughs> and just stopped showing it. So that was nice. Um, I feel like that's yes. the story of Turbo in general, right? Is they realize how <laughs> fucked up this is and yeah. changed it. Yeah. So we see Nasada um, where... So he... Yeah, he didn't show them dock at Nasada, but I guess the assumption is that's where the shuttle is. It's so funny to me that they didn't, instead of having NASA, they just added a couple extra letters to NASA, and that's the so, same thing. that is because that's what it was in the Sentai footage, uh, and they just had to stick with it because they had Sentai footage that said Nasada. So I thought that was interesting, too. But, uh... Phenomenus sh uh, shows up with Bulk and Skull, um, and uh, we immediately see that Phenomenus is perhaps not a super genius because uh, Bulk and Skull are like, haha, Professor, you're a genius. We're here because they have top secret alien spacecraft. And he's like, no, we have a flat tire. <laughs> so, uh, it's so yeah. funny because, like, so far, I love this dynamic because somehow, like, Bulk and Skull are straight men to the professor but the professor is also the straight man to them like yeah it's this it's, weird dynamic where they're yeah, both the weirdos but they're like on completely opposite wavelengths uh yeah so he pulls out this stick that uh is 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 beeping and he says uh uh aha it's pointing at aliens, and they're like, "That's a sign that says Nasada." And he's like, "Aha!" To the world, to the untrained eye, uh, but really, it's you know, aliens. And uh, at this point, I just started getting flashback to that guy who's the you know the the you know the meme of the man with the hair, and it says aliens. Oh, yep, yep. yep. <laughs> um, and uh, they're like, 
Are you sure you're a world-renowned Yeah, he's being scientist? a real Ryan Bergara right now, and they're starting to realize <laughs> that they might be Shaniacs. Jeez. That's, I'm sure some people got that. Uh, but in any case, they um, Bulk asks him for ID, which is very funny. Uh, and then, whoops, Quantrons appear in that exact spot. So actually, he was right. Maybe. Who knows? Bulk and um, Skull start freaking out, which... To be fair, they've been through enough shit where seeing any sort of, like, suited thing is reason to be worried. But it does kind of feel very much like, oh my god, monsters are real. Yes. They're, like, fifth season at this. Yeah, I mean, it is funny because it's like, maybe they're freaking out because it's aliens instead of monsters. But again, whatever, that, that distinction shouldn't really matter. They don't look that different from cogs, which... Also are aliens. They also look, I mean, very much like Piranatrons. Yeah. So, like, yeah. Which, again, are aliens. Uh, yeah, true. Um, so let's take a quick break, and we'll be right back, and we get to meet a new bad guy. And I'm Lucas. And, and we're, we're from, from the podcast D Comedy, a show where each month we rewatch Disney Channel original movies. And trust me, they're weirder than you remember. We grew up totally addicted to whatever Disney Channel wanted to throw at us. And going back to look at these beautiful train wrecks is always a good time. So search for us on iTunes and Google Play Music and Stitcher and basically wherever you find podcasts. Or find us among all the wonderful podcasts on audioentropy.com. I'm Emma. I'm Lucas. And And you should be listening to D-Comedy. Alright, so, we got a clip door. Uh, the Rangers see a man coming across the, the uh, field and uh, Andros yells, oh, no, it's Kliptor. And everybody else is like, what? <laughs> uh, and he's like, it's bad. He's bad news. Kliptor, uh, I will describe because he is a big character in the show. He's kind of uh, Astronomer's Goldar in a way. But he's also sort of her mentor, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He is, like, it's, yeah, it's a weird relationship where he's definitely, like, he's trained her um, and, like, continues to advise her. And yet he's also kind of the one she sends to deal right. with shit. It's yeah. A weird, it's a weird relationship. So he is all black with uh, green wire framing, just, just like, uh, the, you know, that fits with the kind of theming of Mega Ranger. Um, he's got red eyes. Also, he's really blocky, like he was made in early yes. 3D. He looks kind of polygonal. Yes. Uh, and then one arm is weird uh, and has like, I don't know, it's got like a dragon mouth with a sword attached to it. Hell yeah, uh, it's some video game bullshit. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's cool looking. I like him. He's It's a really neat design. He kind of looks like a common Rider villain more than... Uh, uh, a typical Power Rangers yeah, guy. Yeah, I feel, he's like, a he doesn't, s- I feel uh, like he doesn't have quite enough going on, but like you throw a ton of accessories on him, and yeah, he'd look Kamen Rider as shit. He's a little sleeker than a lot of the enemy generals tend to be in Power Rangers, um, and I, I think he's cool. He also has a good voice in a, And he has in, a cape. 
It's very important to mention that he has a cape. Yes. And in the Power Rangers, I haven't heard him talking to Sentai, but in Power Rangers, he's got a good kind of deep voice. Uh, and so he starts taunting them. And uh, they're like, and Andros immediately is like, we'll have to fight as a team to beat him because he's very powerful. And uh, Ecliptor is like, cool, I'm going to go ahead and make a clone of myself, uh, which he does immediately by shooting hologram lasers out of his eyes. I'm going to say this. I've been enjoying this episode uh, up until now. It's been very much paced like a Power Rangers episode for, you know, for good and bad. But it's been a fun ride. At this point is where things kind of start to feel like they're just fucking blasting through pages of script. Like it's like they really had a lot of footage and they they were like, "Oh shit, like we'd only have 4 minutes in this episode to use this footage in." Yeah. And they crammed it in there, yeah. Cuz uh cuz he does that, he Andrus yells that it's a cyber shadow. Uh, and then yeah, the Rangers is like, um, what? Yeah, and then I don't think that even matters because the Cyber Shadow blows them up with eye lasers, but then Ecliptor also blows them up with eye lasers. Like, it doesn't seem like it did anything different. Yep, yeah, like, it's not, and it's not like a threat that they evaluated and then dealt with. It just blew them up like it was a special move in a fighting game. Yeah, and then he did another special move in a fighting game, which is uh, fucking pulled Andros to him, and like so he could like one on one him, and like he's got him, yeah. got him by the neck, and like throws him, and then Andros pulls out his weapon, and then they fight, and for and like during, two seconds during this, Ecliptor basically tells him, "Like, by the way, I am gonna go ahead and have my guys blow up your space shuttle while I fight you. Just heads yeah. up, I'm gonna and do that." And then it immediately cuts to the um, to astronomer's spaceship blowing up Nasada. <laughs> yeah, that. Uh, so, real quick, I do have to mention that we see astronomer in the spaceship walking towards the camera and yelling, "Destroy the Astro Megazord shuttle!" Please keep this in your head. Uh, it's important. We then see uh, her ship blow up Nasada. Most of it, the shuttle's apparently fine, I guess, because it was underground, which we, you sort of see later. Yeah, she had to um, blast away the top layer before she could get to the shuttle. I don't know. Uh, they say, oh, no, he's destroying everything. Uh, Ecliptor is like, okay, goodbye. He does the most hilarious uh teleport animation that maybe has ever been in this show which is he like go ahead oh no go ahead finish that he he like he puts his arms up near his face and then he moves his legs back and he's like floating but only a little and then he just (laughs) spins around real fast and disappears it's very funny uh, it's just very funny because um, he's like, yeah, oh, yeah, my uh, my guys are going to blow up your shuttle. And then Alpha's like, Rangers, you've got to save the, the shuttle. And instead of, like, Ecliptor, like, keeping the Rangers busy so they can't save the shuttle, he just fucking he, leaves he so leaves. the Rangers can go save the shuttle. Uh, so then Astronema walks towards the camera and says, destroy the, the, <laughs> the Astro Megazord shuttle. Uh I swear this is two takes and they used both. 
of the same line. It has to be. There's no other explanation. It's so funny to me that they just went ahead and used both. Um, (laughs) They blast again and... Uh, this time so, it yeah, just if there's if there's one thing you need to know about shuttles, it's that much like a you know like a car, you can just turn the key and go. Yes, like you just flip a yes. sh- switch and you've taken off. Like no prep is needed. So my wife and I have been watching a bunch of Star Wars stuff recently, and I think this observation has surely been made other places. But there aren't keys t- in Star Wars, huh? Like, oh, yeah. anybody can start any ship with with no problems. I mean, and- in, in theory, and <laughs> boy, it's been a long time since I've read any of the novels, and I'd prefer not to recall them, but I'm pretty sure it's implied at least that there are, like, digital locks and stuff on them. Well, I mean, it's it's, it's very much an analog world, but you, you, get yeah. the, you get the idea. Like, there's, I don't know if they're password protected or bio-encoded necessarily, but, like, there's some... You don't have a physical key, but there's some sort of authentication, I would It's just assume. so funny you never see anybody do any, like, hot wiring. They, people just get in it That's and like go. That's, like, the entire reason R2-D2 exists in the series, Zach, is to hot wire things. Oh, I guess that's true. But it's usually doors. I don't know. Anyway, whatever. Uh, point is, they they do they do a good old Star Wars and see, just hop in Yeah, the see, ship I was going to go. make the... I, if I was going to go for a Star Wars comparison, I'd, I'd be like, it's like how sometimes... The Millennium Falcon needs you to, like, spin up all this shit and, like, you know, depending on how much time has been set up in the scene for tension, you either need to, like, spin up a bunch of stuff and, like, prep and then slowly leave orbit so you can make the jump to hyperspace. And sometimes you can just hop in and immediately take off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and in this case, they do that. Now, the thing that makes it extra funny is it is, again, a shuttle that has to escape. Like, it's a shuttle. Yep. It's not like a Star Wars spaceship. So they just hop in that bad boy and take like, off. Like, it's like the funny thing is, like, they are moving incredibly fast by terrestrial standards. But the distance you need to cover to leave Earth's atmosphere by those standards, like, they are basically in the same position in x and y coordinates for a very long time that right. like if you are firing a laser down onto the earth like they From are pretty space. much yeah a, a sitting duck uh but they get away and they dock the uh back with the the astro mega ship uh and they start doing uh the the megazord sequence yeah it's this is very funny um because we get the Ecliptor is still on Earth, apparently, and astronomers just like, uh, we get to see, I'm I'm sure this was shown last week, I didn't watch the episode, but we get to see the, like, monster and beginning sequence here, where she's like, oh yeah, lock satellite lasers on Ecliptor and fire. Yeah, she's got all different kinds of lasers, one's for exploding and one's for getting big. Yeah, so <laughs> he gets, so he gets big and like, okay, good, now that we've escaped Earth, let's go back to Earth. <laughs> Now, uh, I know they probably talked about it last week. Again, apologies, blah, blah, blah. But we see the Megazord sequence, part of which is that the space shuttle that Zordon gifted and or gave the schematics to Nasada of, uh, that is still not clear to me, but we know he was involved. Um, 
Somehow the scientists at Nasada did not know that it what could turn into a big head. <laughs> yeah, so instead of having a bunch of Zords that combine into a Megazord, which is, you know, the coolest thing about Power Rangers, the ship just does what looks like a very, very painful Mega Splits. Yes. Where yes. the basically the, like front of it that the the shuttle would dock into are the feet they like fold out and then the whole thing just folds down yeah. and like the the middle of the ship is the torso and then the shuttle like flips up so it's like a hat for the head that is beneath it and then that just yes. docks with the top of it it's a very funny uh assembly sequence my practical theory is that trying to get five robots to look like they were in space and then combine was probably beyond their ability. Yeah, uh, no, it's, I mean, it's fine. Like, it's kind of cool that the ship they're flying in becomes a giant robot. Like, that's still cool. Yeah, and I would I like the Astro Megazord. It remind. it's very, it's way more Gundam-y than oh, yeah. the traditional Megazord. And I think because it's in space... That's cool. In fact, uh, it's, uh, you know, like charge sword attack uh, has like jet thrusters out the back with the like it looks very, very gun to me. Yeah. Um, and I fucking love the little bit of this after the actual transformation where it whips out a fucking shield and then just dives headfirst into Earth's atmosphere. <laughs> Which they don't use the shield later, which to me implies the shield exists only for re-entry. Yeah, it is I mean, to block the well, heat. Here's the thing. That thing would have taken so much heat. Like, it's not going to block shit now. Like, that thing is soft, man. Yes. They get a new one every time they do it. Or they have <laughs> yeah. to put it somewhere to cool and re-harden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, also, I want to talk about scale here because this thing lands and compared to the size of the buildings, like... How small is the Astro Mega ship? Yeah, it's in it's a pro, it's like the opposite of the problem they normally have, which usually you're like how the fuck do they where do they keep those robots? In this case it's like is the Astro Mega ship like three rooms? Like it just can't be that big. Like that head, like the shut that shuttle. We've seen that shuttle in contacts in Earth where we can get a feel for it. It looks like the size of a space shuttle. But the dimensions that we see when it's transformed into a head are, like, they are just, like, crammed up in that thing. Yeah, which means that, like, I I don't know. Yeah, I don't think the Astro Mega ship's that big. I think it's, like, it's definitely not, like, a Star Trek ship. It's closer to, like, your, uh, like your Firefly or, or, or something else like that. Yeah, it's uh, a size. skimmer. Yeah. Um, I can't believe you remember what they called it. Anyway, uh, I mean, that's, that's nothing. That's a word I made up. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Um, they, uh, Ecliptor uses the incredible technique. Uh, oh, first they fought, have a little sword fight for a while, which is nice. You say for uh, a while, it's like five seconds. You know, in terms of Megazord fights, uh, they don't immediately use the sword and win. So there is a sword fight. Uh, but yes, it's quick. Ecliptor uses his amazing technique of, they re- use a refractor lens on the camera, so there's seven of him. Uh, and then. And instead of, like, it being a scene where, like, the Megazord's trying to fight him and can't, you know, keeps hitting duplicates or something, they're just immediately like, 
oh, yeah, no, he used his cloning thing. Ashley, use this power that you apparently have and figure out which one's the right one. She's like, okay, I got it. Like Light star helmet mode. And and, uh, so this is actually kind of cool. We talked about the suits a little bit. They have the big black uh, section on the top, which is kind of what makes it look a little spacey to me, which I appreciate. But also it will display like, a device. I think this is a camera. I'm not a hundred percent sure what her device is that allows her to do this. Um, they, they all have different ones, which are in, tied to their special abilities in some way, but I, I'll have to do a little bit more research. Uh, hers allows her to uh, search and pinpoint the correct, uh, the real Ecliptor out of these seven and boy, Ecliptor, you're not making a good first impression for your tactics because he did go ahead and make the real one the one in the middle. Uh, it's so. just very funny to me that in literally a 10 second scene, Ecliptor creates a problem and they solve the problem. Like it's. Well, yeah, and also Ecliptor makes a problem that he. He get like he's like, is it A, B, or C? Damn it, you picked B. Shit, I could never. Guess. It's like, like he set up a shell game, but didn't, but forgot to actually like palm the bean. Yeah, so they exactly. Like, so like they watch the movement of the cops. Like it's that one. He's like, ha ha. Oh shit. Yep. Nope. That's it. You got me. Yeah, I'm dead now. Shit, you got me. Uh. Yeah, and then they and then they use their special sword attack and win. Like it's. Yeah. Also, he dies, and then I was like, wait. I thought he was in like a lot of this show. He is. They don't. Yes. Apparently, they don't explain what happened he's a, either. He's just. He's fine. a very important character in the overarching <laughs> lore of this. Yeah. Apparently, uh, apparently, he just gets better, and they don't address it. Whatever. Well, I mean, he is Rangers. called Ecliptor. Like this might have just been a like. This might not have just been him. You know. True. If he can, fair if he can make image clones, maybe he's got some fucking body doubles out there yeah, it's it was a doom bot and it's fine um yeah so we they destroy him His, the explosion's kind of cool he did he like breaks into bits he like digitizes yeah a it's bit. like a it's like a ps1 uh boss fight in an rpg yeah totally or it reminded me of like when you kill bosses in uh mega man uh, uh well, Mega Man, yes, but I was thinking of Ocarina of Time. Oh, yeah, when yeah. When they, like, they catch on fire, kind of. Um, we cut up to the Astro Mega ship, uh, and TJ asks Andros if the ship's okay. Everything's fine, apparently. Um, Ashley senses uh, a moment of Andros being alone and pounces uh, and asks him to play a game of pool with her. Uh, and... Andrews, honestly, I know that I'm reading into it, but he really looks like he's just at this point, like, this is not going to go away, huh? She's going to keep following me around. The vibe I get, and this is 100% not intended, but, like, the vibe I get is a guy who is not, like, flamboyantly gay, but, like, just very casually gay and, like, has never once expressed any interest in a woman being hit on by a just absolutely oblivious woman just being like, I don't want to crush her, but also I could not be less interested in this. It's, it's, it's either that or it's this person seems fine, but like I have no investment whatsoever, but also like turning them down would be inconvenient for me at this specific (laughs) moment. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's like, (laughs) 
she is his new colleague for all intents and purposes. He's just met her, has no real connection to her yet, barely knows her as a person. And she's like, hey, I want to fuck you. And he's like, this is going to make it really awkward. <laughs> he's buying time to figure out what to do, I think. Um, so they go to the, uh, the I forgot what they called it already, the simu deck or something. Um and she turns it into a copy of the surf spot. And you know uh, she's she was initially angling for the whole thing where like you teach them how to play by getting up close behind them and guiding their hands. Uh but instead he uses telekinesis to pull the cue stick up into his hand. Uh and she's like, Haha, it was you with the hot sauce. Yeah, the one thing that can distract her from how horny she is is oh shit, powers. <laughs> yeah, magical powers. Uh, now, again, I sort of hinted at it earlier, but she says, how did you do that? And he said, I practiced. And I I lost, like, that made me laugh yeah. so hard. It's such a funny answer. Yeah, it's, it's just like, so could you teach me? And he's like, yeah, I'll give you some pointers on telekinesis. It's like the episode of Dragon Ball Z where um, they teach uh, Pan to fly. And apparently to fly, you just think about flying really hard in the world of Dragon Ball. And it's just like, oh, I guess anyone can do like, this. Why the fuck does nobody else ever do this? <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. Um, but she's like, cool. So, so, so he says, if you teach me pool, I'll teach you telekinesis. Uh, and... They play pool for a little bit, or they shake hands, uh, and then... Yeah, so then we cut to Astronema has done a full wardrobe change. Yes. She is sitting at a table with little Power Rangers action figures, probably clearly like her war table or something. She's got a figure of herself and a bunch of the um, minions that I still never remember the names of. And then a bunch of Power Ranger figures all on this table. Like, she's playing 3D chess or something. <laughs> yes, it's very funny. I did want to mention, uh, in so she's got black hair now. I don't think I've said this before. Uh, Astronema has full-on bo- boob, boob plate. Uh, but I gotta say, I feel like it's one of those situations in which they sell me that the character would be like, yes, oh, give yeah, me no, this. It feels like aesthetic <laughs> boob plate, and yeah. like, she owns it, and I fucking love her. Yeah, it, it's it's a great choice for her. Uh, so, now, I, we have to talk about something. In Power Rangers, often, many times, most of the time, the bad guy will be like, Oh, you rangers, I'm sick of you. Sick. That's right. I'll make you sick. Like, that's how they come up with their plans, right? Yeah. It's this, it's like... It's very word, uh, stream of consciousness. Whatever yes. whatever they happen or, to set their eyes upon becomes their right. idea. Now, this might be the worst they've ever... The worst job they've ever done with that. Like, <laughs> so, because, I, so here's what happens. Yeah, no, just just set it up. So here's what happens. She says, I have to beat the Power Rangers at their own game. And then she pauses and says, yes, their own game. And walks over to a big turtle. Tortoise, thank you. A tortoise, an alive tortoise that she has in her spaceship. It's it's just on a pedestal. Like, it's it's just chilling on this little platform. For reasons... Now, okay, 
if we've talked about this, I knew this was coming. I knew this was coming next episode, and I still was like, what the fuck just happened? No, no, no. No, first of all, the fact that they set this up at all is wildly unprecedented. <laughs> like, yes. they are doing a setup for the next episode. It's not a two-parter. It's just next time on Power Rangers, this is happening, and we're doing a end-of-episode setup for it. So she says lock satellite lasers on New York City. Ha ha, in, po, teenagers with attitude in joke. Oh, there's another city. It's the apocalypse. Whatever. Shut up. That's not I mean, important right now. It is genuinely kind of weird to hear them actually specifically reference a real world city. It is, but in the scope of this. Yeah, given, like, <laughs> here's the thing. Yeah. I was not, I was not actually expecting what happens to happen. So for a second, I was like, wait, what the fuck? What, why New York City? Oh, right, right. Oh, shit. You're kidding me. Uh, they, uh, she tells Elgar to do this. He says, where? And she says, the sewers. Yeah, she's like, like, just the sewers. Which okay. Is, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, he blasts a purple laser at New York City. We see him. He's just like, he's just like, yeah, okay, the sewers, fine. Why not? We see the New York City skyline, which is really surreal to see a real skyline in Power Rangers for some reason. It really threw me. Um, and then the Ninja Turtles come out. It's, <laughs> yeah. So this is just batshit. Like the way it's presented <laughs> is nonsense, but more to the point, what exactly is, did she do here? What exactly was the like? What exactly was she thinking here? Of so blast so the couple, sewers in ahead. New York City. Yes. So I had I had to go to the next episode because I was like, I'm sorry, I need more information. And th- in this universe, the Ninja Turtles are fictional. She made them real via her technology. That means. Lexi, that her train of thought was, I need to beat the Power Rangers at their own game. Ah, yes, game. Fictional Teenage Mutant <laughs> Ninja Turtles. There are, listen, the, the fucking, the fucking star, uh, South Park underpants gnome joke is, is, you know, it's like step one, we do the thing, step two, question mark, step three, profit. This has like eight steps that have question marks in them. <laughs> like, what the, f- how the fuck did you get there? I don't why, understand. Why the Ninja Turtles? Why would you summon like canonically heroic characters? Yeah, if you can make anything from fiction real, why the fuck did you choose this? Like, why I don't understand. did you understand. choose the like Legion of Evil or something? Literally, the only, I was like, I was sitting there going like, okay, I'm really like, Astronema, I like you. I'm going to try to do the work with you. What about beat them at their own game equals Ninja Turtles? And literally the only thing I could think of is she was like, aha, other multicolored heroes. <laughs> like I fight fire with fire type reasoning, you're thinking. Yeah, I mean... I just don't know what the fuck happened. Okay, it was you know the first part of every superhero crossover where the heroes fight at first due to some misunderstanding? What if we just did that and stopped there? We never let them get to the next stage. Just let them fight yeah. each other. I, it's just so wild. I don't want to talk too much. Go ahead. 
Oh yeah, no, I'm just going to talk about what's here, which is about yes. 20 seconds of the Ninja Turtles like materializing out of the sewer. And I really, th- it's really funny that her ability to manifest fictional characters in the real world requires her to aim the beam at a fictional equivalent location in this yeah. world. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like exactly. she couldn't have made them appear on her ship. It had to be in a New York sewer. <laughs> Right. Yes, that is very funny. That's a good point. I, but, I, um, it's funny. Good. Yeah. No. It's just they pop out and they like riff at each other. And holy shit, the voices and the dialogue in just this twenty seconds are exhausting. Yeah. So it's interesting. Like I, I'm a huge Ninja Turtles fan. Uh, like I, my brain is convinced that the 1990 Ninja Turtles film is a masterpiece. I know that's probably not true, but you can't. I mean, I, I just think that and I'm sorry. Um, those suits are really good still. These are honestly okay, but the like, especially knowing that it was for like a, you know, a, a weekly kids show. But the voices are so fucking bad. The voices like, are bad. The dialogue is bad. Like, it's just... Next episode is going to be a um, a trial, I feel. Yeah, it, it's... And, and again, don't want to get too much into it, uh, but, like, they just... It doesn't... It's not a great first impression. Also, I know this is, like, an IMDb level of, like, goofs section thing, but I have to mention it because it made me laugh. They pop out of the... Uh, the sewer and there's a black hole where you know the sewer is and then one of them just immediately steps on it as, and <laughs> nothing happens and it's just very funny to me um listen they're still manifesting in this world reality doesn't have to quite line up yeah but it's it's real goofy i mean i'm i it's just funny that knowing all of this was about to happen it still completely got me like, I did not see it coming. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's that's episode three. Um, I got some questions for us. If you have a question for us, send it to us at Teens with Tude on Twitter. Teenagers with Attitude is our Facebook group. Teens with Tude at gmail.com is our uh, email address. And t- at Teens with Tude is our Twitter. I think I said that twice. It doesn't matter. Um, so first I uh, wanted to say we got an email from, oh, I've switched my email back to my personal email. I'm not going to read those to you. Uh, whoopsie doopsie. Here we go. Enith uh, on email writes, hi, thank you for your dedication to the podcast. It's uh, become one of my mental refuges during the pandemic. That's really sweet. Uh, not sure if you remember, but I promised to send you pictures of my completed Zoid Liger Zero Jaeger model. Uh, that she made during, uh, uh, pen, uh, listening to us. And I gotta say something. I'll send this to you in a minute, Lexi, but, um, I think I bounced off Gundam, but maybe I might get into Zoid models. These are cool as hell. Yeah, listen, Zoids are basically what if Gundam, but animal robots. And honestly, yeah. I am super down with that. Also, they're really also you cool. said a whole bunch of words in a row that sounded really cool together. Like my yeah. brain kind of skimmed over them. Like Let I didn't try process again. them, but they sounded great. Zoid Liger Zero Jaeger. Yeah, no. That sounds like a fucking that sounds like a fucking drink that would fuck you up, but in a good way. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Uh, 
So those are cool. Um, and she says uh, she credits uh, the podcast for helping complete the project. Thank you very much. Um, and then says last time uh, you asked, uh, you responded to some of my questions and you asked if there was any anime that mixed magical girls with giant robots. Uh, you may have already gotten this answer, but Sakura Wars is that anime. So I looked into it, and I'm going to watch Sakura Wars because I love a lot of those people, two things. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about that show, so I, I think it's probably all right. I have never heard of it, but it looks cool, and I'm going to give it a shot. So thank you very much for that, and thanks for the cool Zoid pictures. I'm going to get some Zoids. No one can stop me. I'm an adult. Uh, I am sending you the pictures now. Here you go. And uh, next, we've got... Uh, oh, man. Sorry, you may have to cut some of this, Eric. Apologies. Aha! Casey on Twitter writes, Lexi, please enlighten us with some Canada knowledge. What are the animals like in Canada? Do they even have animals in Canada? <laughs> The North Report. So, yeah, uh, as you might expect, animals in Canada are very similar to animals in the United States, but just off slightly. Like, if you've heard of, if, like, you're probably familiar with geese, the so-called Canada goose, even though I see it all over the place in the United States. Uh, Canada actually has their own variant of that. It's called the loon. Uh, I believe it's named after their money. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. Uh, they also have something called a beaver, whose uh, anus is used in certain artificial flavorings. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's something, um, my, that's something my partner is fond of educating people on. It, it's, it sounds fake. Like, that's why I think it's such a good fact, is because it's like, well, that surely can't be true. Oh, no, it is. <laughs> uh, they have moose, which are like deer, but swole as fuck just so big yeah no they're so big absolutely deadly um and they have foxes because foxes live everywhere cool are there are the canadian variety of foxes like special in any way i mean all foxes are special zach (laughs) thank you lexi that's what i was hoping uh casey also asks for both of you, uh, what is a modern property you'd like to bring to space, a la when they basically remade every Hanna-Barbera c- cartoon but in space now? Uh, I'm try- I was trying to think of any, like, the thing that's really interesting that I'm probably going to mention again next episode about um, good, especially cartoons for kids is, like, I feel like if it a lot of them go to space already, like, the Ninja Turtles go to space a lot. I was trying to run through, like, my recent cartoons, and I know it doesn't have to be a cartoon, but turns out that's all I watch, really. Uh, Like, Steven Universe is a space show, basically. Uh, So is um, She-Ra. So is... What was the other one that that was almost good and then turned bad? Oh, uh, with the lion robots? Oh. uh, Voltron. Uh, Voltron. Uh, like most of the shows I've watched recently, uh, have at least some space component. I feel like it's just you can map anything onto it. So if you're in I a mean, cartoon and you're not restricted by budget, like. Yeah, I mean, look at you had 
I mean, just look at like the 90s and aughts. You had Treasure Island, but in space. You had fucking The Simpsons, but in space. You had, I mean, like fucking taking a premise or a public domain uh, work of fiction and putting it in space is a time-honored tradition. Yeah, I, I, I really can't think of anything. Like, actually, okay, here's a, a kind of a novel way to approach this. Uh, I would like to see American Ninja Warrior, but in zero gravity. Oh, shit. I want to see the obstacles that they come up with for that. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, fucking going in on uh, media that has become really popular in pandemic times Give me fucking Taskmaster in space. There you go. Yes. I want to see a bunch of British comedians trying to do stupid tasks in zero gravity. (laughs) I want to see, I want to see a British bake off season, but they're in space and it doesn't matter like to the plot. It's not like they make them make space themed things. It's just, oh shit. Baking doesn't work right. Cause they're in space. (laughs) Uh, Man, all okay. I have to work with are these like packets of dehydrated food. Shit. What do I do with this? <laughs> oh, perfect. All right. Uh Solus P, uh, a friend of ours from Twitter, writes, is so uh to re- catch everyone up on the bad guys, uh the United Alliance of Evil where it was on the Sumerian planet uh at the beginning of the series. Uh, they write, is it the Sumerian planet, a la Conan the Barbarian, because Conan is a Sumerian, uh, the Sumerian planet, a la the Bible, or the Sumerian planet from ancient Mesopotamia? Which are they referencing? I have no fucking idea. Yeah, mentally, I definitely want a Sumerian just because that's like real. Yeah, like, but um, that doesn't make sense. No, that makes zero <laughs> sense. Like, that's nonsense. <laughs> Like, honestly, I think they just thought they were making up a nonsense word and realized that it's been used in multiple contexts already. Yeah, totally. I would like it to be the Conan one because it's just funny to me that to imagine that Conan the Barbarian is also on that planet with Zed somewhere. (laughs) God, I do love that. Just like across the across the the globe there. That's just very funny. Not across the globe. Across the hedges, like they're just neighbors. <laughs> He's just right over there. Yeah, perfect. Um, perfect. I'm. I prefer to assume it's actually the Sue Marion planet. It's named for Sue Marion, who is a uh, heiress of, you know, a very wealthy family that o- the Marions that own a lot of planets. Oh, I thought you meant Sue Marion, like hyphenated double first names. Oh no no no! Like she's a- like she's the Paris Hilton of planets. Okay, gotcha. Wait, is she a living planet who's also a socialite? I I think it would be pretty fucked up if planets could own planets, Zach. (laughs) Goofy owns a dog. It's fine. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Uh, Okay, fair, 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 fair. Yeah, so I don't know. Pick one. They're all pretty funny. I... It always reminds me that that Power Rangers just doesn't seem to do checking of stuff like that. No, Not no, that the, it matters, the, but they do it. The cardinal so often. rule of writing for Power Rangers is don't give a shit. Yeah, don't look up anything up. <laughs> just keep going. Don't have anyone check to see if the things you're saying would make sense to a kid in the '90s. Doesn't matter. Perfect. 
Crystal on Twitter writes, what Power Rangers episode has the best cinematography? What Power Rangers episode has the best cinematography graded on the criteria by which Avengers Endgame has the greatest cinematography of all time? If you do not know what Crystal is referencing, there is a subgroup of people on Twitter who have decided that uh, Avengers Endgame is the most cinematography. Photographical, perfect film of all time and whenever they say this they post really brown muddy images of a bunch of characters where you can't tell what's happening and i honestly can't tell if it's parody but i don't think so, so i think they're serious i can answer this <laughs> okay uh the power rangers episode that is the best cinematography is that one weirdly kind of serious episode where uh skull is a piano prodigy Oh, that did have some nice camera stuff. Like, yeah, they seem to actually put some work into that that they normally wouldn't. Yeah, it was a good one. And the one that has the best cinematography, uh, taking into account the fact that Avengers Endgame is the most cinematography. Now you've got me doing it. You can't. Most- also, it's impossible to say that. I don't <laughs> that think it's, word I don't I think that's out. the word. <laughs> no, um, it's not. Uh, but yeah, is the mo- is the cinematography masterpiece? Um, uh huh. Is the two-parter where they, quote-unquote, brainwash Tommy, a.k.a. kind of mess up his memories and then show him lies, telling him that the Power Rangers are evil? Oh, where they're, on, they're that on that really, brown planet. Yeah, that planet yeah. where they have got a filter on that makes it look like any country that the United States of America hates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and they just they just crammed every suit they had in there. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. I can agree to that. That's an, I was Aven- that's s- an Avengers ass fucking episode. Yeah. I was also gonna say the uh the the legendary battle from Megaforce where it's just like look at all these things. Because apparently that's what makes I mean, it good is just yeah, the most no, things. I mean, yeah, I've seen I've seen that big obnoxious, like way too much happening scene with all the suits. Um I- that's one hundred percent what people who like Marvel movies think is a good scene. Here's the thing. I, I, d- I don't like the Marvel movies. If you do, that's fine. The, eh, it's... Be nice, Lexi. But specifically, I don't understand that. Op- like, they don't look good. I don't... Like, it, the parts I liked about Marvel movies when I was digging them was, like, the characterization and the acting and the jokes. And that started to really meld together for me, and so I lost interest. But always the last act CGI fest was bad, even all the way back to like Iron Man one and it never got better. So like, I don't know. I don't get it. It's yeah. It's weird. Cause like the iconic bits in say the first Avengers, which I think is a movie that holds up fairly well, given how much the lusters come off a lot of Marvel stuff. Um, the, the really memorable parts are like the big panning shots where it's like, there isn't any action. It's just, and it's just them basically recreating poses from what you'd expect from comics, but in live action. Like, that stuff right. genuinely looks cool and is memorable and exciting. And then they actually start doing fights, and it's impossible to tell what's happening. And, and like, they just, by the time you have 30 characters on both sides, it's like, I don't, what am I looking at? Like, I don't, uh, I don't know. If you like it, it's fine. I would hope that most people, even who are big fans, would not would not unironically go, ah, yes, better than Citizen Kane. Beautiful, <laughs> perfectly framed. It's just a weird call. Anyway. Yeah, it's, g- it's, it's 
it's great cinematography for people who really buy into uh, ra- uh, like Radeon graphics card tech demos. Right, more is better. Period. The more more graphics, more splines. Like yeah, articulate some, all my splines. Yeah, like there's some really cool fucking video game tech demo stuff out there where what's being shown off is what they're able to create with limited technology, and like a lot of that has worn down as. Um, graphics have kind of caught up to the place they're they're at now. But like in the early days of CGI, like every leap you made for that stuff was genuinely impressive. And so like these really uh, excessive tech demos were genuinely pretty cool, but more from a, wow, we can create this with a household item now perspective, not from a, this is the apex of filmmaking perspective. And I feel like, people who got used to that stuff have kind of internalized it in a way that maybe doesn't quite apply. Yeah. I don't know. Screed over. Uh, no, it's, I, I, you know, good joke, Crystal. And also I think we got an interesting conversation out of it. Uh, and now that everyone is gone because apparently Marvel is 90% of GDP. Uh, Mike asks, Zach, please explain in excruciating detail your favorite storyline from the Archie Sonic comics. Okay. So, uh, no, jokes aside, I don't remember any storylines really in that much detail. I do want to very quickly, Lexi, give you a couple of the random things I remember, and you tell me if you think I'm making it up. A little B character dies because he eats a chili dog that's got LSD in it. That's real. Yeah, that's real. Not. I've been be on the clear, internet long enough to know that's real. <laughs> Fair enough. To be clear, if you haven't seen this somehow, uh, not like a made-up drug. It's not like they call it, like, you know, ring dust or something to make it kid-friendly slash fit in the series. It's straight-up LSD. He eats too much LSD in a hot dog and he dies. (laughs) In the Sonic the Hedgehog comic. Now, the uh, fact that it's too much LSD is, makes it very interesting because that means that there is a slightly alternate way things could have gone where he eats an okay amount of LSD and just trips just fucking trip balls. balls. Yeah. yeah, that would be good. Um, the, 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 the thing that... Actually, now that I've thought about this a little bit, the thing that I remember most is... So the Sonic comics were, were based off the Sonic show the sonic saturday morning cartoon and they like created their own mythology that was largely pretty separate from the games and when a new game would come out uh you know sonic 3 like okay they introduced knuckles and and he's in the show or he's in the comics now and uh you know they give him backstory and stuff like that but the games didn't you know they were they were uh 16-bit platformers they didn't have much of a plot or characterization, so you could do whatever you wanted, really. And then Dreamcast happened, and now they have this completely set world that's a hundred issues of a comic book series in that doesn't have humans in it. And they go, okay, now we have to, by our contract with Sega, incorporate a uh, like version of this plot in the comics. So we have to explain everything that happens in this in our world and shoehorn it in sideways. So 
Like they explained that Station Square, which is the city in Sonic Adventure, uh, was like under a mountain and hidden away. And that the reason they were humans was because the world that that Sonic is on was all along a post-apocalyptic Earth where a gene bomb had exploded and combined humans with animals. But those people in Station Square were like protected from it because they were under a mountain. Yeah, so they're the normal apes. humans. Sure, fine. Yeah, kinda. Um, but except Robotnik, who was just like mutated to be a big fat guy, which I don't think they ever really got into. Um, I and always kind they- of assumed he was part walrus. <laughs> and then they also decided that because Doc, because in the in Sonic Adventure he's called Doctor Eggman instead of Robotnik, and he looks a little different. That instead of just doing that and not bothering, they made that character be. Uh, like an alternate universe version of Robotnik who's a robot and he comes over and kills regular Robotnik and now he's Robotnik but taller and skinnier and also Rogue is a cop and anyway that that's is- the shit that is the weirdest to me is is they trying them trying to like back this lore into their extant lore already it, and is that's this the stuff the that's... comic series where uh robotnik's origin is he somehow gets combined with a literal rotten egg no i think that was the co- the um the the uk ones which is a, also a different continuity uh because in that one sonic used to be brown and then he ran past the sound barrier and it turned him blue which is what happens i remember that one (laughs) but but yeah like just shit like that where they're oh and here's the other one that i that always sticks in my head because i'm like this was in a comic book for children um so sally princess sally who was uh like the main lady character uh, she had a little Palm Pilot with an A on it, AI na- on it named Nicole, uh, is kind of like her Siri. And later, Nicole uploads herself into a custom Android body that she made that's a Lynx girl. And then her and Princess Sally, like, are an item for a while. Oh, sick. So she's a lesbian with her AI, um, you know, uh, like partner thingy robot. And none of, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying this was aimed at nine year olds in the like mid nineties. Fuck yeah. I would have, nine year old (laughs) me would have been all over that shit. Are you kidding me? (laughs) That whips. It's just, we need to be showing kids more, uh, human robot, lesbian relationships. And I know Mike asked, cause he just wanted me to like, I know it's a meme that of how crazy that shit was, but like it really was nothing like that will ever happen again. No major corporation will go, "Hey, six guys in a bunker in in Indiana literally do anything you want with these characters." <laughs> like we don't care. And it's just, it's it's special, man. It's bad, too. It's not good. It's That's the, the sort of thing. thing you really can't get in the modern world where brands are all extremely, like, 
commercialized right. in a like focused, um, controlled sort of sense. Like Nintendo yeah. will absolutely not release any media featuring Super Mario, uh, Mario Mario himself that doesn't completely match the CG model that's been used in the games for like a decade and a half. Right. Like, like think about the fact that like, like even stuff that, that is not like, uh, you know, a household name, like magic, the gathering, they're doing a cartoon now and they've wanted to for a decade, but they were like worried people wouldn't do it right. And they had to get a contract that gave them like total control. Basically. Like, I don't think anybody, because Sonic is obviously kind of a weird relic now where it's like kids still like him, but the games are bad. And it, it, but, but at that time, it may as well have been Mario getting into fucking LSD shenanigans. Like that, that <laughs> it's just so crazy that that all happened. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, thank you, Mike, for letting me do that. With that, uh, we're going to wrap up. We somehow managed an almost two-hour episode with two of us, uh, but I you think it's mostly somehow, but you can't possibly be surprised. Well, I missed you, and so we got a chance to hang out and talk, so I, I, I made us do a lot of questions and shit like that. So hopefully you enjoyed listening to it also, listener. Uh, Lexi, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, yeah, um, I mean, I've been plugging it, other people have been plugging it, but for good reason. Listen to fucking Eidolon Playtest. Do uh, it. Luke and Molly made a fucking awesome RPG, and we are creating two incredibly good uh, actual play campaigns in the process of playtesting it. It's genuinely one of the best things I've ever made. Uh, I look forward to recording every time we do. Uh, the weekend after this is being recorded, the weekend, uh, prior to when this comes out, we will be recording the epic, uh, multi-part crossover finale of season one in which both campaigns intersect and we have a actual play recording session with nine players in it. Oh. Uh, oh lord it's it's gonna be wild the world is ending it's gonna be amazing um it won't actually be out for a few weeks after you hear this so there's plenty of time for you to get caught up with the whole thing uh it's great i play a sentient fox uh her name is chili she's a precious angel everyone loves her absolutely listen to it it's uh eidolon.audioentropy.com you go to patreon.com slash eidolon playtest and uh Give us a little money for just $1. You can get episodes an entire week before they hit the free feed. Uh, if you really want to get not only caught up, but like be right on that finale as it starts to release, uh, $1 a month is all it'll cost you. Um, if you want to actually check out the game itself, which I recommend doing, it's really cool. It's quite easy to play. Um, and we are absolutely encouraging people to check it out themselves and give us feedback on how it's, how it's doing. It's, it's not quite finished yet. It's definitely coming along. I think it's great as is, but there's definitely room for some refinement, and we'd love to hear your feedback on it. Uh, for just $3, you can get the most recent uh, set of that, uh, the most recent like revisions on it, and we'll continue to get revisions as they're published for as long as you're continued to subscribe. All right, perfect. Do it. Uh, as for me, honestly, go check out Eidolon. That's what you should do. 
But if you want, you can follow me at ChinchyMcChill on Twitter. I uh, yell about Sigma males. I don't know what else I do. I post about random shit. You can follow me if you want. Uh, uh, that's, um, that's people who create replicants, right? Did you miss this? We'll talk about it after. We don't. We're gonna no, end this. I was going for a, I was going for esoteric <laughs> Mega Man X reference. That's fine. Oh no! Yeah, Sigma. He's a badass. Also, uh, he's bad man. And honestly, it's an apt comparison. I think to be to be completely fair with you. Anyway, we're gonna end this. Come back next week for the fucking Ninja Turtles. <laughs> yeah, the worst Ninja Turtles. <laughs> I, for Teenagers with Attitude, I've been Zach. I've been Lexi. And may the power protect you always. In space! <laughs>